What's up, everyone? I'm Doug Kide. Welcome to Pat's Chat here with Michael F. Hurley reporting live from the Arctic Circle. Michael, how are you doing? Ah, I'm doing great, Doug. Uh, you know, you should know this. Your intro was fine, but your what and what's up got a little like pixelated, audio pixelated. So give another mm. what's up for the people because they deserve better. What's up? There we go. That, that was right. that was a little loud. That was that was pitchy. <laughs> I'm actually doing poorly. You asked. Um, we've talked about this. I think it was off, off air. Is is podcast on air about how cold brew messes us up? Yeah, I made the mistake. Well, not a mistake. I said I'll get a cold brew, and uh, feeling messed up, feeling not good, just trash, trash through my veins. So here's the deal. Right now at Dunkin' Donuts, I'm still getting two dollars. It's two dollars, and regular coffee. Is like three thirty something like that. If you're getting a medium, mm-hmm. so I've also been getting cold brews recently. But I think that the Starbucks cold brew is like it's a little bit oh. stronger. So yes. the the Dunkin' cold brew I've been doing okay on. I gotta still, cut you off. Yeah, I gotta cut you off because I'm with you. I've been doing that. But this one I ordered from, they gave me the nitro. Oh God. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just and now for anyone listening, yeah. Doug and I are caffeine high caffeine intake people so it's not like oh it's too much. It, there's just something about the cold brew that messes us it makes me feel lousy it makes me feel exhausted it makes me feel a little like sick inside yeah. so it's on me but again i love a deal i love it i love a deal. i just didn't know it was going to be nitro that was unfortunate so today even like usually my new coffee order at, at dunks has been iced coffee um skim milk three pumps of unsweetened vanilla and then one or two pumps of the liquid cane sugar. But then because cold brew's $2, I replaced the iced coffee with cold brew and yeah, it's fine, but it doesn't taste. I don't know. I don't know. We're, yeah. we're getting, we're getting down too far down the rails on cold brew here. Uh, but it, it didn't mess me up, but yeah, for me, like a, a Starbucks cold brew or a nitro cold brew will make me feel kind of lightheaded. will make me feel a little mm-hmm. bit dizzy mm-hmm. and I could have, like literally a thousand milligrams of any other type of caffeine, yep. like energy drinks, Coke, iced coffee, whatever it is. And I'm fine. But there's mm-hmm. something about some cold brews that just make me feel like like there's something very, very wrong with me. And the day I figured that out was a great day. I was like, why? Yes. Every afternoon, I feel like absolute garbage and I'm dizzy and lightheaded. And it was like, wait, I didn't uh, feel that way today. And I right. didn't get a cold brew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. We're not doctors. We're not much of anything, really, Doug. No, we're really not. But uh, we're, I guess, semi-experts on the New England Patriots, which we are here to talk about. Not cold brew or how cold you currently look in your uh, fur-lined jacket. It's a good jacket. Yep. Looks like we're back in Minneapolis for Super Bowl 52. Was that 52? Yes. 52. Malcolm Butler did not play, if we want to discuss that. Oh, yeah, he didn't. Well... Let's talk about cornerbacks for a second. Okay. Um, because Devin McCourty was on Good Morning Football. He joined his brother, Jason McCourty. And just for the record, Jason McCourty, great guy, very personable, good on Good Morning Football. But De- Devin McCourty is going to be a star on TV. Like, Devin oh, McCourty is going to be one of the all time greats on TV. Okay. Because I, I was wondering that today. I'm like, is there a national appetite for McCourty brothers in tandem? Or I don't know. We live in New England where Devin already is a star. I don't right. know nationally that anyone's like, oh, yeah, I get to hear from Devin McCourty. I, I genuinely, genuinely am not sure. But you say so. So 
if you say so, you're a semi-expert. I mean, I just think that he's like he's more emphatic. He's more fiery. I think he's stronger in his opinions than Jason McCourty is. Okay. Um, I think that obviously they both have their strengths as as human beings, but I don't know. I just think that Devin McCourty was also just like always the better quote. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it all works. But I, ha- I wait. I have a I have whoa. a McCourty twin take, um, <laughs> yes. and that is yes. What? <laughs> For some reason, my chair, you know, like I have my the back of my chair locked in place. Mm-hmm. Somehow it got unlocked. So I thought I was about to tip over my chair because now it goes oh. all the way back. But yeah. It's gone yourself. viral. Yeah. Um, my take, the year that they were together and they were, oh, they play pranks and say like, oh, I'm Devin. I'm De-. yeah. I don't think they look that much alike. I mean, they look alike, yeah, right. but I never had trouble. If they don't, there's at no point where you're like, which one is that? Never. Right. Yeah. I like, yeah. Like anyone who's saying, who says that they can't tell them apart, like probably doesn't have like that great of eyesight or something maybe i don't know like they sound alike obviously they're twins so they look alike but um not to get yeah like like devin has kind of a rounder face jason's guys like kind of a more different yeah yeah but i was in the canucks locker room once the vancouver canucks they play Mm -hmm. ice hockey uh the national hockey league and yeah i'm a huge fan of the uh anaheim Anaheim yeah uh daniel and henrik sedin and like henrik talked to us and left and then like daniel came in and started talking I'm like this guy just talked like i was like oh my and i was staring the whole time I'm like whoa like so there are there are times where i, I get it and maybe canucks beat writers think they don't look anything alike and it's just a matter of right near them. but that that's my take have at it uh but devin mccordy was on good morning football today and the segment was that like jason and devin were both supposed to make the case for whether jalen ramsey would push the detroit lions over the top in a Super Bowl contention or something, and like Jason McCourty played along, but then Devin McCourty was just like, "No, he's coming to the Patriots. <laughs> like the Patriots need him. He's gonna win a Super Bowl with the Patriots, go on the duck boats, go on a Super Bowl parade, and like I don't know. I mean, obviously, if there's any player in the Patriots locker room who might know what like the front office was thinking or something like that, it would probably be Devin McCourty. I'm not sure if this is necessarily the case here. I do want to talk about something in a second, which like maybe he would have some intel on. Uh, but I don't think the Patriots necessarily need like to invest all of their money or draft picks or anything on defense this offseason. But cornerback is definitely the position that Bill Belichick has been most willing to kind of go all in on in the past by signing Darrell Rivas, uh, by signing Stephon Gilmore. He's been less willing to do that with the homegrown talent like Asante Samuel, like Malcolm Butler, like JC Jackson. But I don't know, as far as splash moves that have been discussed this offseason, a trade for Jalen Ramsey would be among the least shocking to me, I would say. Is it? Tell me if I'm off here. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, through the course of, let's just even look at the past 10, 15 years, there's very brief meteoric rises of these cornerbacks where they're the mm-hmm. best cornerback in the league. Sometimes like Revis might've had three years, but for the most part you have like a year, year and a half. I feel like Ramsey has passed his. Am I wrong? I, no, I, I, I th- feel like his peak was maybe a year ago. You might, you might be right. Uh, I do think that he and that entire Rams team was harmed by other injuries that were going around the Rams did kind of a weird thing with him where they play him in the slot a lot, even though he was, you know, one of the better outside cornerbacks. But no, I think there's definitely that would be my case against it. Um, Wasn't he getting cooked in the Super Bowl too? 
possibly. He's, what, 28 now? So when they signed Stefan Gilmore, he was probably around, like, 25, 26, something like that. When they signed Darrell Rivas, he was obviously a Ramsey's little bit 28. older. Rivas was probably around 29, 30, somewhere around 30, there. He was 30, but he was also had that, like, rehab season. Uh, and he was also... 20- oh, he was 29. He was 29. So, yeah. Um, Gilmore, you want a Gilmore age? Uh, can I guess it? Can I guess it? They signed him in oh. 2017, right? Yeah. I think he was born in 1990, so 26 or 27. Stephon Gilmore was born in Rock Hill, South Carolina in the year 1990. Yeah. So you're right. You're so right. 26 or 27? Cool. I was trying to be dramatic about it. <laughs> and then you were just kind of confusing about it. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, obviously it would depend on what Bill Belichick kind of saw on film, I guess, from Jalen Ramsey. I would also say that those two players that I discussed previously, Darrell Rivas and Stephon Gilmore, extremely, extremely good at playing cornerback while also being like kind of soft-spoken. I know that Darrell Rivas and Stephon Gilmore both kind of occasionally had some quote-worthy lines to the media, but I do think that Jalen Ramsey might be like a little bit different in that in that uh, mm. in that perspective, I don't know. I don't agree with the Revis characters. He was definitely soft spoken, but he definitely had a lot to say. Whereas right. Gilmore, whenever Gilmore would be like, "I think I'm one of the top cornerbacks in the league," it was like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> He's confident. Um, it was like, well, shocking. he also said he it was easy to cover Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it really wasn't that hard. It was. It was easy. He had the deepest voice of all time. Yeah. Um, I did a bad job of impersonating it, but you can't replicate that. No, um, I just, to your point that I think you kind of started with, I don't see that as the need. I don't see that Mm -hmm. as the thing that held them back. Now, maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you're talking competing with the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. that type of thing is what Mm -hmm. is needed. And maybe if you're dreaming big, you've got to do that. But I still see the Patriots as so many steps away from being at that point that it's right. not the move to make at this point. Like, they're still building toward relevance, toward January relevance. And that kind of move is the one you make to go over the top where they're not in position to do that yet. Yeah, it's the move to make in 2014 or in 2017 when, yeah, they were maybe like a cornerback away from, from being that team. And I don't know. I mean, I think that Devin McCourty was being very ambitious when he was talking about. Uh, you know, duck boats and all that stuff in regards to Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then I think, I forgot who it was, Pete Traeger or um, Jamie Riddell, I forgot who it was, said that they thought that the Lions might be closer to winning a Super Bowl than the Patriots, and Devin McCourty seemed to get very offended by this. But Well, they did, like, absolutely I mean, murder the Lions in October, so fair, I get it, with their fair. backup quarterback. So I wouldn't expect Devin McCourty to have much respect yeah, for the Detroit for Lions, the Detroit though they Lions. went, what, they, they went 9-8, and eight. They had a very good offense and a Mm. very bad defense. So do the math, get some defensive players. Maybe Um, they could take a leap, but I digress. Devin McCourty also said that he thinks the Patriots will add a wide receiver this offseason, which I don't, I I mean, maybe that's just him being like us and being like, yeah, I think they add a wide receiver. But like, I thought it was just like kind of noteworthy to hear Devin McCourty, who's still officially a member of the Patriots, he's not a free agent yet, say that he thinks the Patriots will add a wide receiver, and then he threw in that he hopes that Jacoby Myers will be back too. So 
that was him making those statements with different wording, obviously. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to read too much into Devin McCourty saying that, but maybe it changes my perspective of whether or not the Patriots are going to add a wide receiver to like 25% certainty to 26% certainty or something. I, I thought it was noteworthy at least. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. He talked about, you know, it was mostly the Mac Jones answer. Right. He talked about how it wasn't a great situation for Mac last year. And he talked about Patricia judge and Belichick all like not having experience coaching offense, which is, I mean, didn't he say something in during the bye week when he was on CBS, something to the effect of like Matt Patricia's calling plays. Don't judge Mac Jones. Something well, to that effect. He, the one that I remember was that he was talking about talking to Xavier McKinney and saying how different the vibe with the Giants was. Yeah, that's from what Joe it was. Judge to, yes. to Brian Dable. Yes, yes. So that's what I was thinking of. So I mean yeah. that that stood out. And then he said in that line, he's going to have stability with him, and they're going to add a receiver. It's like, man, there's a whole receiver room just like Dev. What the <laughs> hell? Like Devontae Parker and, and, and Nelson. I mean, well, Aguilar is probably not going to be a part of it, but Kendrick Bourne just like. Hey, Thornton, yeah. come on, come on, man! What the hell? So, uh, yeah, it's but it's real. I mean, if you go on TV, you can't just sit there and say everything. My team's great, right? He's someone, and when you go eight and nine, you're eight and nine. So you need sort of a, a straight talking. Maybe that's a, a a peek behind the the curtain to his leadership style of being straightforward. No, definitely, and I mean, I know that everyone's talked this to death. Um, Tej Seth uh, put out a stat today, the amount of money spent on offensive supporting cast in 2022, and the New England Patriots were number one at $91.1 million. I'm assuming offensive supporting cast is only receivers and tight ends and running backs. I'm assuming that doesn't include offensive line. But, I mean, obviously there's, there's, like, a, oh, a lot uh, to just s- to follow up, uh, he yeah. did reply. He said everything besides quarterback. Okay. So oh, okay. So offensive line as well. Um, I mean, obviously that's not good. That the Patriots are number one and did not have a particularly good offense. I guess it makes me feel a little bit better that offensive line is included. That you've got like Trent Brown and David Andrews in there, but I mean, well, Michael on one was cheap. Game. Yeah. Let's play a game. Um, do you like rating offenses by yards or points? Um, I guess my my simple answer would probably be neither. I would probably go with something like EPA per play or DVOA. Right. But... Well, let's keep it simple, nerd. <laughs> I that's so tough. Let's just do, um, let's just I guess, do yards. I, okay, sure, yards. I was gonna say so points, the Patriots but do yards. Well, in yards, the Patriots were the 26th ranked offense. It's not good. In yards, it's not, that's, that's uh, not having good. the most money spent on non-quarterbacks. Yeah. Second on that list was Dallas. Dallas had the oh, Pickles learns how to type. Dallas was 11th. Third on that list was the Chargers. They were ninth. Fourth mm-hmm. on that list were the Jets. Not so not good. Great. <laughs> um, they were still 25th. So you know they're Arizona, probably not, not so good. 22nd. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jacksonville, who had the tenth in yards, so it's kind of a mixed bag them. there. Well, everyone's still above them, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, correct. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, had forty-two point four million, and they uh, they were oh, they were better than the Patriots. They were twenty-third. <laughs> so um, you can play with Kenny Pickett, 
and well, the, the cheapest offense in the world and be better than the Patriots. So I don't know, Doug. They had players. They had no coaching. They had no scheme. But they had money. I don't know. I don't even know how much they had they players. Had, they had players to be yeah. the 16th offense in the league. They right. they shouldn't have yeah. been the 26th. Is the right. point. Yeah. I, I still go to coaching on that. And like to some degree, quarterback play. I I don't think that Mac Jones is without blame in this as well. Uh, but I mean, I would even just say before the season, I remember Bill Barnwell put out like ranking offensive skill position groups. And the Patriots were like in the low twenties on his list. And yeah. I probably thought at the time, like, Oh, that seems kind of low, but I, I'd say that that wound up being fair. I mean, Devonte Parker didn't exactly like the world on fire. Hunter Henry, nor Johnny Smith had the rebound that a lot of people expected them to Kendrick Bourne somehow was in like MIA all season. Jacoby Myers was Jacoby Myers, but no one ascended higher than anyone thought they would other than Ramondre Stevenson. And at least in the passing game, there's only so much that an early down back can contribute through the air. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, he led this the team in receptions. Yeah. That's, that's Ramondre Stevenson did. He had 69 receptions, oh, uh, two more than Jacoby Myers. And that's, that's just, and then, so Myers had 67 and then it was Henry at 41. It right. just was such a bad, bad year that, yeah. We'll talk about it all off season, and then I think after three weeks of next year, if they look just competent and decent, we'll just say we'll just throw. Every, I've already mentally thrown away everything in terms of analysis from this right. past year. I think after three weeks, we can finally look at players. We can say, "Oh, that's what Tyquan Thornton can do. That's what so and so can do. That's yeah. what Mac Jones might be." Um, it just comes back to a bad situation and. You know, as you notice, there was a whole hiring cycle. Mm-hmm. No one had Matt Patricia in for offensive coordinator openings around the league. Yeah, that was uh, surprising. Which, that was really, yeah, that was weird. Did get the DC look in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, get it. What, what a trio Sean Payton brought in out there. Uh, Vance Joseph, who ran the thirty-first ranked Cardinals defense last year. Matt Patricia, whose last work on defense was the thirty-second ranked Lions, and Rex Ryan, who hasn't coached in eight years. Um, I'm sure it'll all be great in Denver, but anyways, um, yeah, it wasn't a great season for a lot of players, but I do think with real coaching, with real strategy, with real scheme, with real week to week game planning, uh, it it will, it it will change. Uh, one, one point on Denver, uh, Sean Payton being openly contentious to Russell Wilson about the fact that he had like his own assistance in the building last year was I feel like no one made a big enough deal about that. Sean Payton would be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I'm like, dude, that's your quarterback. Like, that's the guy that you just paid like half a billion dollars, half a billion dollars to, uh, or whatever it was, a quarter of a billion, whatever. Uh, but I don't know. We've seen I, this it, is... Doug. We've seen it firsthand when a quarterback has his own guys in the building. <laughs> it causes problems. Uh, it does. Coach. This is the most basic-ass analysis that you can possibly receive. I just – as like, the Patriots just need a guy. They need, like, the guy – as far as an offensive skill position player goes. And there's not, as I've mentioned before, a direct path to acquiring that human being because I think that like even if Keenan Allen gets released, I think that he might be a little bit past his prime. I can't really see DeAndre Hopkins coming here, even though I believe he lost his no-trade clause by getting suspended. Yes. Um, but I, football players have more power than they used to. 
Yes, definitely. And he could just what about, like, he could be like, nah. What about Robert Woods? Doesn't he seem like a, a typical Patriots oh. one year, give him a chance to uh, Save revive me with his your career? Robert Woods. I'm just saying it seems like the way they would go. No, I think hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. Like he could be he could be Brandon Lloyd, he could be Nate Washington. Who the hell knows what he would be? I, I think that there's a distinct possibility that he could wind up being either. Um he could be I guess he's a different kind of player than Brandon Lloyd. But yeah, the best and Brandon LaFell, the best possible scenario would be him to be like that random Brandon Lloyd season in twenty twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, or uh, I, mean, no, I like the, the LaFell one too. That was that he was he won a Super Bowl, so he did. He was just like he was a second didn't contract he, player, whereas Robert Woods was thirty third. Yeah, um, didn't he catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I believe he did. He might have. I don't yeah, know. I think the first one. I think the first Patriots touchdown was to LaFell. We're not going to look it up. It was weird that Brandon LaFell only just got worse from that point. Well, he got hurt. He hurt his knee in like week two the next year and just really couldn't. Do much. It affected like he couldn't catch. It's a it weird was in memory his head. you got there. Well, yeah, if you're uh, yeah. trying to if you're trying to catch with your knee, that's a problem. You shouldn't be doing. Well, that. Well, you used to have two, and then when one was no good, it's, mm, it's a tough squeeze. It's a tough squeeze. Yeah, it is a tough squeeze. You can't catch with one knee. You can catch with two knees. Yeah. Can't catch with one. That's what I always say. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. I think that you. Can I don't know that he'd want Woods. I don't know but, that Robert Woods would be super interested in coming to New England. I don't know you know, it's not like the old days. Have. Yeah, I don't. We'll I don't know if people are gonna be like knocking down Robert Woods' door to get him to sign to their team. It's possible, um, but I, I kind of think that it's kind of a player on the downside. And I don't know. It just adds like one more of those starting caliber s guys. But I do think that he's probably better than like Nelson Aguilar if you're comparing him to another USC wide receiver. Probably, um, but I don't know. I think we talked enough about that. Uh, what else did uh, <laughs> Devin McCourty say? I So this kind of goes to my point of Devin McCourty being good on TV is that when I first heard him talk about Mac Jones and like all the confidence he has in him and everything like that, I was like, wow, that was strong. That was impassioned. Like he really defended Mac Jones. And then I transcribed his quote. And I was like, oh, he didn't really say that much about Mac Jones, but it was impassioned. It was kind of fiery he really did go to bat for mac jones which i don't know if it really means anything maybe it means more if devin mccordy actually plans on retiring rather than playing this season which still seems up in the air at the same time like devin mccordy did say during the bye week that xavier mckinney was talking about how much better the locker room was with brian dable than joe judge so like maybe he does kind of have a, a truth serum when he talks to the media yeah and to your point he didn't have to go that far. He could have said, Max, Max, a good leader. Right. We yeah. believe in Mac. You know, he, it wasn't his fault. But to go on and on and on and on and say, the sky's the limit. Mac right. is the future. To throw his sponsor in there, that was nice of him to do, to do, throw the noble, which I still don't really know what noble is. Um, yeah. But it was extra, extra, where he is not even under employment uh, as of March, whatever, 13th. With the team, so it, he could have just given a stock answer. So I think the fact that he did make that push and pu- kind of put his own neck on the line, his own reputation on the line, I, th- I think that says something. It doesn't necessarily mean Mac is a player that that's mm-hmm. going to be a, an excellent player, but I think he defended at least his work ethic, his character, uh, whether he should be allowed to trip people. That's fine with Devin McCourty. <laughs> he likes it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, it's just trying to win. So it's pro tripping. Yeah, uh, it was. It was definitely not the same extra. kind of tripping as Aaron Rodgers, but he's pro tripping. Yes, yes, good one. Thank you. Good one. Good drug it's, joke. It's proud of that one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know where to go from there. So it's a you, no I'm bull. Leave it to you. No bull. I no bull. No all, bull. It's an all. So it's N O B U L L, and it appears that it's all in capitals. Uh-huh. So it's noble. So it, noble. is it is it like kind of a pun on like no like bull crap, but then also yeah, like, I think it's like, like noble. No is it also like n o b l e noble? See, that would be next level. I, don't, I think it's more like no bs. Just right. go out and sweat and get is your it, exercise. Is it a on. shoe company? Is it a clothing company? I think it started as a shoe company, but now they make athletic wear. This could be totally wrong. That's my feel on <laughs> noble because, as I mentioned, I don't know what noble is. Have you ever seen someone what wearing noble? Is- no bull, no bull apparel, training gear without the bull. Mm, no uh, bull. They've got they've got Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I just under... I just googled it and the shoes that popped up are like extremely fluorescent. I wasn't expecting okay. that. There's that. Good. I'm not gonna lie. There's some bull in those shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bully. You know, if it's no bull, just get the work done. Right, you're not like gonna these flash. these black ones. That's no bull. That's about as no, no bull, bull as you can get. These pink and like like the uh, uh, yeah, it's the, that's um, a ton of bull. Like tie dye. Dan Flash. This this is like Dan Flash issues. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, you you've really got them pinned down now. I would hope <laughs> that the no bull people clear up a whether they wanted to play on the words with no bull and whether they agree that there's some bull in those sneakers because yeah, that's a lot know. of bull in my, in my mind. a lot of bull in some of these shoes. I mean, some of them are, are decent, but um, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Good, like, good for Mac Jones for being the face of no bull. Yes. I, Though when um, you go to the website, he's not the fr- It's Deuce it's Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor Mac. You know what I think it was? I think it was um, CrossFit. I think it was a CrossFit type company. Okay. That's why neither you nor I no much about guy. it. No, uh, there's a lot of exertion involved with that, and I'm just past that. I'm past that in my life. I like some of these shoes, though. Some of these are okay, but right. the, this is good ones... free advertising. If if Noble wants to pay us retroactively for all of this wonderful advertising, I think that would be fair. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Even though we said that we compared them to Dan Flashes as as a shoe. Where company. is Mac Jones though? Like I just scrolled through the whole website. I don't see McCorkle anywhere. Well, according to Scott Zolak, he's not in the building, but according to Devin McCourty, he's in the building. I know that's, that's not true. what he meant, but there was um, some controversy over that. Got some camo noble sneaks I kind of like. Yeah. I, I saw I'm some, a... like, I'm a big fan of, like, khaki-ish color, yeah. color shoes. So these ones right there, those aren't bad. Um, yeah, I mean, if Noble wants to throw me a pair of shoes. Yeah, then... we'll test them out. We'll give an unbiased review. Yeah, I'll I'll go to the gym and... Doug, I don't know what we were talking about. We were Devin talking McCourty. about Devin McCourty's impassioned defense of Mac yep. Jones. And I don't know. I think we've landed somewhere on – I think Devin McCourty likes Mac Jones. I think that Mac Jones' teammates generally like Mac Jones. Um, this I don't know this for sure, but if you'd ask like Matt Patricia or Joe Judge their opinion on Mac Jones, it might be a little different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which seems kind of fair. Uh, Dev McCourty, they, I, this is not that interesting to me, so we can just skip this all together. But yep. 
seems like he may, might or might not come back. Obviously, in an ideal world, I think that you'd want Devin McCourty back. Um, and if he's not back, then then I think that you either like move John Jones to free safety or you hope and pray that one of those guys who's already at safety can suddenly transform into a very, very good free safety. Yep. Well, I think it's covered. I mean, it's it's a harder position than I think people give credit for. People forget Definitely. the pre-McCourty years Ugly. was chaos back there. Uh, you chaos. had guys just constantly chasing guys, running up the seam uh, from O. Six to ten, basically. It was just it was to just open eleven. Eleven was the worst. McGowan, Merriweather, oh, yeah, James Sanders. It was tough. Patrick so, Chung, yeah. Um, definitely not appreciated fully. Everyone like McCordy is a sort of yeah. like not a playmaker in that sense. He has plenty of picks right. and whatnot, but it's uh, it requires discipline, it requires smarts, it requires speed, and he had them all. So. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that you'll be able to to plug that in exactly. I had a I had a, a Matt Mac Jones topic for you that hit the other night. All right. Did you catch uh, Matt Castle's quarterback rankings? I did actually. They were spicy. You know what? I think all quarterback rankings are bad. Like Matt, like yeah. th- this is nothing yeah. against Matt Castle. I thought like his were probably bad. I the recently I was looking at Twitter. And the Adam Jones, um, Megan Adelini, and um, uh, I, I'm an Christian Arcand. And Christian Arcand. They released their quarterback rankings. And there's always like one or two things in every single quarterback rankings where I'm like, like what kind of drugs are you on to put this yeah. player in this position? But it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just like they're so easy in a way and like reactive. Like Geno Smith is 10. Uh, right. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, seventeen, and it's like where was it? Wasn't Jared Goff like top ten in Matt Castle's rankings? Um, let's see, Goff is twelfth, uh, okay. which everyone you know looks at Goff and says, "Well, I mean, maybe he's twelfth. I don't know, but yeah, that's probably actually fair." But I don't know. It's just sort of like Geno Smith. I want someone who's like on the next level, you know, someone who's really looking forward because anyone could put yeah. Geno Smith at ten from last year after not even remembering he was in the league last year, right? No one knew who Brock Purdy was a year ago. So, yeah. I don't know. I think the disappointing part for me, Doug, uh, as a content creator, it used to be so – oh, it was like waking up on Christmas morning when people would be like, Tom Brady's the fifth best quarterback in the league. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, crack my knuckles. Let's get to work. Yeah. Uh, this is like, well, where else are you going to rank Mac Jones after last year? I think he's better than that. But in right. a performance industry, he was probably 25th last year, better than yeah. a handful of guys. And, you know, the, a number one pick is three spots behind him in Baker Mayfield. And Deshaun Watson's one spot in front of him and Russell Wilson's two spots. It's it's sort of just, how did these guys do last year? Not well. Next right. year, they're going to be completely different, likely, and we'll see if Mac is part of the movement. Yeah, where where would someone have to rank Mac Jones to, like, actually create substantial headlines in New England? Like, like top five, I would say? 33rd. 33rd. To indicate like he's not an NFL starter. Not even a starter, right. And then top eight, probably. Because that's a pretty yeah. busy. But I mean, even that, like Hertz is two. Hertz was nobody's two going into last year. I he know. just had an unbelievable season for a very good team. So it, it changes. I, I, I love Jalen Hurts, but like putting him at two, it's it's kind of a wild take. I don't know. It's, it's like, isn't Josh Allen like the ultimate? Right goal of a dual threat quarterback is it just he's older so there's more upside is that, I, I don't know um i think my top three would 
like 100% be Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen in some sort of order with Mahomes at top, uh, up top. And then it becomes a yeah. conversation for me after that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, Trevor Lawrence was seven on that. A year ago, he would have been 25. So right. it speaks to a lot of things and circumstance. And uh, it's just really, for me, the bummer was like, man, here in New England, we used to be able to react to this stuff and get days and days of content out of it. Now it's like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? He's 25th. <laughs> He's 25th. What should he have been? Might be a little higher than he deserves after last season. No, <laughs> it's true. Um, combines this week. Patriots aren't scheduled to speak, though. I feel like if there was any year where Bill Belichick or someone would make like a surprise appearance for a handful of New England media, this would be the year after everything else. They've kind of sprung on everyone this year. Uh, but that's going to matter less, I feel like, than like what they should actually do in the draft. And obviously mm. they're going to look at every player, but I don't know. Is there is there one position this year as far as needs go or like players that you like in the draft or anything like that? Um, that that stands out to you? No. <laughs> it's a very Kevin Durant answer. Um, Thank you. I don't know. I like you said before. I think a few shows ago, like after the Cole Strange pick, it's almost like, well, well, what are we doing here? Like, what, right. what are we looking at? If, if 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 Cole Strange is a possibility in the first round, then like. Any mock draft that you put out for the Patriots, like no one after Cole Strange, no one can be mean online about any Patriots mock draft ever. Yes, you can. No, if someone does like the obvious receiver that like is available, (laughs) then yes, that's a dumb mock draft idiot. But I think it goes back. I think there's an element of Bill Belichick that like hates the industry that draft analysis, predictions, everything Mm -hmm. has become because it started with the Joe Cardona pick in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Trading up for Jake Bailey. Yeah. Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan, which when mm. it came on my screen, I think it was um who's the guy that always just breaks news um on Twitter? Adam Schefter. No, no, a lesser uh lesser known guy. And I'm always like, who's he? Jordan uh Oh, Jordan Schultz. Yes. I feel like he had it that first. And uh I was like all right, that's fake. And then it came on the screen, Kyle Duggar, <laughs> Lenore Ryan. And I'm like, okay, everyone is getting pranked right now except for me. And then sure enough, they kept talking about it. And it was real. That and then ultimately a guard out of yeah, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. And, and none of those, none of that is to say they're bad picks or weren't good players. It's mm-hmm. just, it's disheartening <laughs> in, the, in the prognostication analysis area to even bother half the time because it's like, right. you know what? It, it, I remember asking Belichick once, like, how did you even find Malcolm Butler at West Alabama? And he obviously didn't say, but like, no. I'd love to know how that tape got in front of his eyes. Like right. there's so many things like who's watching the guard at Chattanooga. I know right. Duggar was on draft boards, mm-hmm. not high second round, but you get the point. Like I, I understand it to a, a certain degree, but man, some of those moves I think were made just to be like, Hey, nice mock draft, you loser. Right. And also just kind of like discounting the value of like this is on more Cardona than it would be on Duggar or Strange, but like discounting the value of fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks where it's just like, 
all right, we'll just take anyone at this point. Like, we'll take the guy that we like the most, even if no one else is possibly going to draft him. The first and second round stuff is is less defensible, I think. And obviously, we'll see how Cole Strange winds up doing. Uh, fun fact, Jordan, Jordan Schultz, nice guy, yeah. by the way. Uh, did you know he's the son of Howard Schultz, the former uh, Starbucks CEO? No. Now I do. It's a fun fact. Let's let's do this, Doug. Um, mm-hmm. Not to not to totally dismiss your point. Mm-hmm. We'll go. There was no point. We'll go. Was that conventional or unconventional? And we'll look at maybe the top two picks Belichick has made every year. Okay. Okay. Yep. You know, how far do you want to go back? Like to the beginning? Beginning? Um, I think that's be tough. Quick. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we can. We'll I just don't know. I don't know if Adrian Clem was a conventional pick. Yeah, Clem at 46. <laughs> we'll say that's unconventional for a team that was uh, with the Patriots go in 1999. Um, We're off to a blazing start. Seven I and nine, it. eight and eight. eight I think they're eight and eight. Yeah. Eight and eight. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's a unconventional, I would say. Uh, all right, 2001, Richard Seymour, Matt Light. I think that Seymour was slightly unconventional. Just because, I mean, I remember, like, I, this isn't the best, like, indication of this, but didn't Ron Bohr just, like, completely rip yeah. that pick? And Seymour wasn't much of a playmaker. Uh, yeah. He named in, David. I remember David Terrell was someone that was should have been picked instead. I'm, right. I'm looking at some other guys that, that went later. But, I mean, a DN from Georgia, not all that off the board. Uh, Matt right. Light, a tackle out of Purdue, good pick. I don't think that was surprising. The next year, you had Daniel Graham and Dion Branch. Um, not uh, not unconventional, I don't think. Um, I'd say conventional. Once again, I don't mean to crap on your game here, but until yeah. we get to like okay, twenty ten, we'll maybe uh, I, I'm not going to have the best idea of this. But yes, yes, fine. Next year, oh three, Ty Warren, Eugene Wilson. Uh, that's Eugene Wilson, maybe. I don't know where he was ranked, but at 36 overall out of Illinois, kind of. Taiwan also, like, obviously the value was a lot different back in these days, but that's another interior defensive lineman who wasn't mm-hmm. exactly a playmaker in college. Ended up with 20 and a half sacks. Good for him. He had Will mm-hmm. Fork, Watson uh, in the first round in 04. Um, big schools, big players. Not, yeah, spread, I think not, like, at, not like no names. Right, at least Will Fork was definitely conventional. I think that Watson was as well, yeah. So I think 05, maybe you go off the board with Mankins out of Fresno State. That That is yeah. somewhat similar to, not Chattanooga, but I'd say that's in that in that ballpark. I also kind of seem to remember, it's like, oh, wow, either an undersized tackle or like like a guard in the first round, that's a little bit. A little bit surprising. Yeah. I don't think that Mankins necessarily was like a lock first rounder that year. Yeah, I mean he got they got him at thirty two. So right, uh, that's that's probably the first that was assigned. The next year you had Lawrence Maroney and Chad Jackson. Those are just not great picks. They weren't great picks, but I definitely think that Maroney. I I seem to really like the Maroney pick at the time, <laughs> which speaks to I guess my scouting. As a what was that? Uh, as a twenty-year-old or nineteen-year-old? Um, Who but was I the other running was, back? Uh, it was Marion Barber. Yeah, they got the wrong one, right? Kind of. Yeah, Barber. Barber was a good back for the Cowboys. Um, I don't think either one of them necessarily lived up to their like full potential or anything like that. But yeah, neither. I mean, Chad Jackson 
I just I don't remember if that was if he was expected to go that high or not. Probably not. I feel like that was a urban thing. Do I have that right? Yeah. My years, my urban in Florida, right? Yeah. Merryweather the next year out of Miami. Uh, Miami was relevant back then. Mayo out of Tennessee, top ten. Good. I mean, you can't really go off the board in the top ten. No. Uh, Chung, Ron Brace, Darius Butler, Sebastian Volmer. Volmer was at fifty-eight. Oh, that was was, sort of a. Yeah. He was was like like an undrafted guy. Yes, so that at 58, everyone called it the biggest reach ever, and he turned into a solid tackle. So yeah, uh, another one that worked out that we didn't see coming. Maybe that was the first. The 09 was the first time. That was also their fourth second round pick that year, so they had some darts right. to throw. That was kind of like. So what was that? That was who'd you say? Chung, um, Brace, Volmer, but- Brace, Butler, and Darius Butler. Darius Butler. They made. They made a lot yeah. of picks that year. They, they also had. Brandon Tate, Tyrone McKenzie, Rich Ornberger, George Bussey, Jake Ingram, Myron Pryor, Julian Edelman, Daryl Richard. Busy draft. Julian Edelman um, and Volmer really kind of saved that draft because obviously Chung wound up being a good player, but it took bringing him back for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, The next year, I think McCordy might fit into that. There weren't many Rutgers players in 2010. Uh, Who who was the Boise State cornerback that won the first round? Uh, Kyle something. He wasn't as good of a player, but I think that he was that same year the expected cornerback to go next, and then they wound up going with McCordy instead. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, uh, they go DB. I forget. Uh, let's see. Wound up Is going he? The Jets. Uh, that would be Kyle Wilson. There we go. Boise State. Uh, yep. Yeah, Patrick Robinson went at the end of the first round. A lot of DBs. In the first 38 picks, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten defensive backs taken. So um, to get one that turned into a team Hall of Famer, pretty good. And then Gronkowski at 42, um, pretty which with standard his... gamble given the right. back, but yeah. a worthwhile gamble. Yeah. I think even when he dropped, it was he was still a second rounder. I think so, yeah. Um, Solder at 17, probably considered conventional. That now, Razai Dowling, Razai Dowling at 33, not chalk, not expected. So, um, one and one there. Jones and yeah. Hightower in 2012, I think those were. Those were both very chalk. Like, Chandler Jones wasn't expected to go that high early in that draft process, but then Michael Lombardi really started talking him up and was like, oh, I see what's happening here. And the yeah. Patriots wound up taking him at, what, 16? But, um, yeah, 21. That, that's 21. Oh, yeah, 21. They traded they traded back from 16, right? Yes, and then they traded up for Hightower at 25. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where they were, but um, Chandler Jones, 112 sacks of the quarterback in the NFL. Pretty good. That's a lot. Yeah, I have zero. Uh, next year was Jamie Collins was their top pick out of Southern Miss. That was a surprise. Yeah, and then they took Dobson seven picks later, so... Uh, and that was they a were little just, bit of a surprise too. I think. I think that like both those guys were a little bit high. Um, I will say I'm looking at draft scout, NFLDraftScout.com. Uh, Razai Dowling was a projected late first to second to third round. I guess this is his projected high was in the late first. His projected low was in the second or third. So that probably even out to somewhere around like the middle of the second round. So yeah, he might have been a little bit of a reach. Uh, but sorry. Right. Uh, Dobson, Dobson Collins, Marshall. right. Dobson was, I think, a little bit of a surprise. 
um, there was an incorrect stat that was put out after he was drafted. Oh, no drops. That said he had never dropped a pass. And like, that was <laughs> kind of ironic considering he eventually earned the nickname Aaron Dropson in New England. Yeah. Keenan yeah. Allen still on the board at that time, but that's okay. Oh, no. um, so where do you put Dominic Easley, Dominique Easley, uh, as at 29? That was... It, it seemed like a Gronkowski-esque gamble without the upside. Yes. I had heard uh, way back then that they were going to take him or that they were really interested in him or whatever it was. So like, I think that eventually became a conventional pick. But only based on some of the reporting that was out there about him, I think that if you would like a couple of weeks before that draft, that probably would have been viewed as unconventional because he had had so many injuries at Florida, and you know, intense uh, injuries too. Not like you know a pulled calf, like right, devastating knee injuries. Yeah, and uh, this comes as not much of a surprise, but he didn't. He wasn't exactly uh, the most healthy player in the NFL either. Right, that did that did transfer through. The other top so pick that on, year. So on oh, sorry. Draft Scout, sorry, real quick. On Draft Scout, Dominic Easley, projected round second, projected mm-hmm. high early second, projected low fourth or fifth round. So once again, Gamble. this isn't like the all be all of like, this isn't a consensus or anything like that, but this is one site at the time that, yeah, indicates that that was maybe a little bit of a surprise. And the other topic that you're uh, at the end of the second round was James Richard Garoppolo at 62, yes. which was conventional because a quarterback didn't go for three rounds after that. He was sort of the last of the top two round guys. After right. that, you had Logan Thomas, Tom Savage, Aaron Murray, A.J. McCarron, Zach Mettenberger, David Fales, Keith Wenning, Taj Boyd, Garrett Gilbert. Not a lot. Not a lot. So that one was not off yeah. the board. Take nope. a quarterback. He's there. Uh, Malcolm Brown, that. 2015. That was pretty Probably more conventional, yeah. Jordan yeah. Richards, late second. That was very unconventional. He was a fifth, sixth uh, projection. Uh, and yes. Was picked because he's like a captain on the field. Didn't work out uh, for him yeah. the next year. Cyrus Jones at 60. Turns out Jordan Richards probably should have gone even lower than the fifth or sixth round. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Not great. Cyrus, uh, Cyrus Jones. Jones. I can't that remember. Was, that was very conventional. Okay. Like, I think that everyone was like, yeah, they'll take him in the second round. Maybe he was, like, projected as, like, a high third or something. Yeah. But given the fact that it was, like, Alabama and everything like that, I was like, well, yeah, they're going to take him. This is Uh, Cyrus Jones. Did not have a pick in the first two rounds in 17. Wait, wait, who was the second pick in 2016? Uh, Joe Tooney at 78 out of North Carolina State. So that was a little bit unconventional because I think that he was ranked as a tackle. So he was, like... Maybe like fifth or sixth round, but when they took him, it was like, yeah, this will probably work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 2018 win, Michelle, Duke Dawson. Duke Dawson was a stretch, as I recall. Little I don't bit. Think he, yes. Well, maybe not. There was. It's like that group where there's like six guys. Some are going to go in the second. Some are going to go in the third. Some are going to go in the fourth. And he was right. probably in that group. I I think I don't, that Win and Michelle were pretty conventional i i've probably talked about this before but like since isaiah win on most like rankings was considered a guard i just like never even considered him for the patriots that year and then when they took him i was like 
I have to learn who Isaiah Wynn is, basically, <laughs> uh, because I was so wildly unprepared for them to take him. So from like a positional standpoint, that was kind of weird. But from a player pers- perspective, I don't think that was that off the board. And same with Michelle. But Dawson, I'm looking at draft scout, and Dawson projected second or third round pick. So not yeah. that unconventional there. Was Michelle ranked higher or lower than Chubb? Because that's another instance where they got the wrong the wrong guy. Um, on this, he was ranked higher. It went Saquon Barkley, then Darius Geis, yikes. Sonny Michelle, Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, Carryon Johnson, Rashad Penny, Naheem Hines. So Rashad Penny was like the reach of that year at running back because he went in the first round of the Seahawks. But looking at some of these names, I, I know that after that draft, it's like, oh, the Patriots could have had this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy. And it's like, That's eh, my favorite activity, Doug. Really- that really is my favorite out. activity. You go to like the NBA draft of like right. 2001. You're like, idiots. Look at these morons. It's I'm so smart in retrospect. It's unbelievable. I'm, well, and then in even further retrospect, you're kind of dumb again. Because for me, I was like, they could have had on Johnson. It was like, well, on Johnson lasted like a year and a half before he was out of the league. So True. Egg All on right, my let's, face. let's wrap up this thing that we can't do anything quickly, Doug. Uh, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. And Joan Williams out of Vanderbilt. I'm gonna say Joan was off the board. I'm gonna say that one was off. Yeah, that was another one that there was a lot of reporting right before the draft that the Patriots are gonna take him. But I remember like reporting that, and then Patriots fans being like, "Please God, no!" And me being like, "I'm sorry, this is probably mm. going to happen." So conventionally, yeah, a little bit of a reach. Um, and Nikhil. I don't know, maybe a reach by like two or three picks. Like I think he he was expected to be a first or early second round pick. Yeah, we'll look at some of the receivers. Uh, no one's oh. ever covered this before. No, no. Um, this has never been in done. 2019, Debo yeah. was on the board. AJ yeah. Brown was on the board. Nico yeah. Hardman was on the yeah. board. Um, Paris Campbell, DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, Terry McLaurin. Deontay, John- Deontay Johnson was on the board. Terry yeah. McLaurin was on the board. Now. Again, I am a genius in retrospect, but to rank him higher than those is a bit, I would say, a bit concerning with the with the process. That's beyond the crapshoot element of the draft. Uh, Nikhil doesn't have doesn't have it. Uh, no, no, it's a little bit unfortunate that out yeah. of every wide receiver they've ever taken the first round, it was it was him. Um, looking at I'll this go quickly. Site, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, so on DK Metcalf in their rankings went DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, then AJ Brown, Paris Campbell, Debo Samuel, Hakeem Butler, yikes, Riley Ridley, yikes, Kelvin Harmon. So like some of these guys, like Nicole Hardman was pretty late down there. Um, Terry McLaurin was yeah, pretty but like far down that's there. the other thing. Yeah. Like the rankings, there's always the rankings, and then there's right. the draft. Like Hakeem Butler went 103rd in the draft. So right, teams do their research and look into it. But so 2020 was sort of the initiation of this Kyle Duggar out of a yes. school called Lenore Ryan, allegedly. Uche out of Michigan, I guess, is a pretty normal pick at 60. But I think yeah. their most conventional year ever was 2021 with Mac Jones and Christian Barmore. Like, those are yes. – that is as conventional as you can be. And pretty good picks, I think. So sometimes doing what everyone expects is yeah. the right thing. Right. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if Christian Barmore quite had, like, that second-year ascent that a lot of people expected, but still no, a lot he of potential didn't. there. Um, but it's because uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge coached the offense. So morale <laughs> morale was low team-wide, and everyone was like, man, this stinks. So there you go. Wow. it's. I think that you just made this Matt Patricia podcast. By, it's by, not a Matt Patricia. Like, it's not a take, Matt Patricia podcast. That fiery take. 
Post just into this being it. I think um, that pretty much covers everything from a Patriots point of view, right? Uh, for the for the week, uh, the other new the news thing: Demarcus Covington interviewed or yeah, he interviewed for the Chargers. Did not get it. Didn't get it. So, so he will he's be back, staying in New England. We'll see how long he sticks around for. Um, I do want to say I I watched uh, Harry Potter six with my daughter okay. Olivia. For those yep. who are invested in the Harry Potter, it's a lot of Harry Potter's. It's a lot of Harry Potter's. I, I'm gonna say first of all. The CGI in Harry Potter movies has aged Not pretty good. poorly. Yeah. yeah, it's especially those early ones. Like it's getting better, obviously, but it's always strange to me that like I'm watching Harry Potter one, two, three, whatever it is. I'm like, this looks like this looks bad. And if you watch Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park looks like there's actual dinosaurs eating mm-hmm. people. Like yeah. what happened from 1993 to 2004 or whatever it was that made CGI bad. Second um, point. Oh, sorry. Good. Yes. Jurassic Park holds the hell up. Yes. Great movie. Yes. Watched a couple years ago. Great movie. Um, Harry Potter is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Everything so th- Star Wars. That's just that's just another point. And like, I'll even say that, like, there's elements of Harry Potter that are very reminiscent of like the prequel. And I'm I'm the prequels. I'm assuming that J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter before the prequels. But I'm still just gonna say that she like. She stole Harry wow. Potter from being Anakin Skywalker. But, like, Harry Potter is a combination of Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker. Voldemort is basically Darth Vader. I don't know. It's all It's all just – it's kind of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, certainly not the first to point that out. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, my wife actually watched Harry Potter 1 with my two girls last week. There we go. And it began, and my daughter started reading the book immediately. So Nice. Um we're probably going to go at a little bit slower pace than you uh, are chugging through them. Um, yeah. Someone but... just perished at the end of Harry Potter 6. Uh, which one is 6? The the Spoiler alerts. There's probably nothing worth uh, listening to from here oh, on. So oh, you... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Albus Dumbledore dies yeah. at the end of... Rest in peace. Number 6, um, which I never knew. Well, I always... like. I feel like... Half-Blood Prince? Is that 6? Yeah, like Snape... I feel like you're always like, oh, this guy seems like a bad guy, but then like he's never fully a bad guy, and then he does that, and you're like, oh, so my premonition was correct. There wasn't like, th- there wasn't a twist here. He was just a he was just a bad guy. I don't know. You got two movies left there, Doug. Two movies, one story. Mm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, mm. pro or anti your take. But yeah, you know what? Um, also, my wife did. Well, yeah, my wife sorry. did mention in Harry Potter one. There's a scene I don't remember what, and it's like an animated Harry. And, like, you're not supposed to notice. Like, it's a cartoon. He turns into a cartoon at one point. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, the viewers won't notice this. And it's like, what was going on? What was that, 2002? Right. Yeah, I think it was, like, 2002, 2003. And it's also a downfall. I haven't been – I've only been to Harry Potter World or whatever in California. Um, but, like, the the video screens on that ride are Did so much this. worse than – like I just went on Guardians of the Galaxy at Disney World. And it's like it's as if you're really in that world. And when you're in Harry Potter Land, you're like, this is pixelated. Like this is bad. Yeah. This looks bad. Um, yeah. So it's I, just a Harry Potter thing. Maybe it's an England thing. Maybe, maybe they need to catch up. Mm, huh? Yeah. Everything about that. You want to wage war about it? Uh, I'm like a quarter English, so no, I'm fine. But one Fair last enough. point on Harry Potter. Uh, you know what? Uh. What's it called? Um, Slytherin. Like yeah. they, they're all just a bunch of bad guys. Like shouldn't yeah. they just shouldn't they just close that house? Be like, no, 
You guys can't come here because if you come here and you go to Slytherin, then you're going to be bad and you're going to kill yeah. people and you're going to be mean. So cut the head off the snake, no pun yeah. intended. Get them out of there. Then there's no more bad guys. I also think that Voldemort, uh-huh. not that powerful. Like, he's messing around with this little kid. Like, his, isn't his goal to, like, take over the world or whatever it is? And it's like, where the hell are you for 95% of the time when you're not trying to kill Harry Potter? Like, you're just fucking... Sorry, I don't think we ever swore on this. It's got to Harry Potter to get me do this. But, like, what are you doing? Just twiddling your thumbs when you're not trying to kill Harry Potter? Like, go do something with your life. I don't know. Yeah. No, Doug, you make good points. Um, I have thought that about Slytherin. It's just sort of like... <laughs> You guys haven't noticed that every bad guy went to Slytherin? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean everyone at Slytherin is bad, but they can have their own school. I would right. stop teaching them the powers yeah. of wizardry right. if they could use it to destroy society. I just That's just common sense yes. uh, on my part. But, yeah, I do think uh, Harry, uh, if this were internet culture, he pwned Voldemort pretty bad as a baby, just, like, rejecting his <laughs> yes. death curse and being, like, pwned. Um, yeah. So Voldemort never really recovers from that. He's definitely a sad little baby, um, <laughs> living on the back of people's heads, right. keeping himself alive. Did you get to the Horcruxes? Yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah I, mean, I, I mean, I hundred percent understood that all. It was not. Yeah, it's just basic stuff. I I will say that when you have a five year old who's constantly asking questions about a movie that you haven't seen yet, you miss some things. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but that's good. It's a journey. They'll, they'll still be around. They'll they'll be around for a while. Yes, and they will probably make less sense as time goes on. But that's okay. <laughs> well, that's all right. That does it for Harry Potter chat. Um, I'm sure that there will be more Patriots news to come. Doubt it's gonna be ca- out of the st- NFL scouting combine since I don't think even if Bill Belichick talks, he's gonna say much. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're mere weeks away from free agency. When is that? Middle of March? 13th? I said 13th earlier. Like, when's the tampering begin? I was going to guess, love the like, tampering. the 15th or something like that. NFL yeah. legal tampering period, 2023, March 15th, baby. That's a Wednesday. Uh, we will be ready to tamper that day. <sighs> Free agency, you know what? Like, I know that we should like every part of our jobs because, like, what do we do? We write about football for a living. There's you don't like free things, agency? There's certain things where I'm just like, oh, God. I like really? free agency, but just the whole, like, charade of this is happening, but it's not supposed to be happening, and you're, like, kind of waiting on things. No, I like free agency, but it's... I have a free agency take, Doug. Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah. Um, it's not what it used to be. Certainly not this year. I think teams are teams are more likely to overpay a guy and then trade him when it becomes an issue cap wise than they are to let guys hit free agency because the top receiver in free agency is Jacoby Myers. Yeah. The, the top cornerback in free agency is Jamel Dean. Man, you want to talk about no no punch or pizzazz on your on your free agent market. Jeez. Like that's not what it used to be at all. There used to be four guys where you'd be like, man, that guy's gonna get twenty yeah. million. That guy's gonna get eighteen million. Now it's like, do you want to spend fifteen million on Jacoby Myers? Is this Jamel is- Dean gonna make $15 million? This is not a great year to have a lot of cap space. And the Patriots do have a lot of cap space. Uh, or at least they could have a lot of cap space if they want it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, and I have to a, do a lot. I've got a stress hanging over me, Doug, that I should share with you. Yeah. And everyone. Um, I just kept buying concert tickets. Oh, and, I did um, too. Yeah. Oh, I have this. Lord, I did not buy as many as you. From March to July. Uh, here's what I got going on, and it's it's a lot, 
and I'm a little bit stressed about it. I don't wow. know that my mid thirties body is capable of handling such a thing. So I just wanted to share that. I have some self doubts. I think all I have coming up is Taylor Swift, Blink One Eighty Two, and then I bought Bruce Springsteen tickets for Gillette today. So how'd you like, do? It wasn't as chaotic as previous ones. No, God no. And now I think that that Gillette show is going to cause prices at the Garden and Mohegan Sun to drop, which maybe yeah. I wind up going to like multiple Bruce Springsteen shows. Well, because I looked, the cheapest resale yeah, Bruce like ticket at was, the Garden was so three eighty in the last seat of the last row yeah. behind the stage, like, which. I can't recommend that. Like I, it's absolutely insane what ticket prices for concerts have become over the last year or so. We're like, I don't know, on resale even. <laughs> you could you could get to Bruce Springsteen for like two hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars, something like that. And I was just like, there's no way I am paying four hundred dollars to sit in the worst seats at TD Garden to see Bruce Springsteen. That's crazy. I actually think there is a bot problem, and it's not just the Taylor Swifts of the world because right. I've seen thrice. 50,000 times in the last three times probably I've seen them at the House of Blues they don't they didn't even open the mezzanine because mm. they didn't sell that many tickets this time thrice sold out in a day and there is a nostalgia factor they're doing the 20th anniversary of the oh, artist yeah. in the ambulance so that does bring in a lot more people that aren't active thrice right. fans but to sell out the House of Blues in a day I feel like every band now is getting botted I, I, I think that's that's the case and that's why Bruce, those some of the resale. Have you followed oh it around the tour? It's like yes. five bucks, right? You could like day of show, like oh yeah, to go see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I'm so well, I, I think said the to bots one, yeah. are out of control. That's all. I said at one point to my wife, I was like, we would be better off flying to Houston or whatever it mm -hmm. was to see Bruce Springsteen than to see him in Boston or Connecticut. Like it's more cost effective to do that and fly mm -hmm. out the next morning. Or Tulsa, it is. Tulsa was like free. <laughs> yes. I, I saw John Mulaney last night too, speaking of oh, yeah? um, shows. And there was people talking behind us throughout the entire opener. And like, this is John Mulaney like taping a comedy special. I'm not one to usually do this. But you after, after the opener, uh, John Mulaney came on and they like kept talking a little bit. I turned around and said, you have to stop and did like a, I'm going to slice your throat. Not that, but like did the you no. I didn't do a slice. I did a like, you have to stop. And then the guy you was like, a Jonah Hill gif. The guy was like, oh yeah. Okay. And he was like, what? I was like, you have to stop talking. He was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But then they like, I think that I curbed the talking as much as I possibly could have. There was still too much talking. Like if you're paying that much money to see a comedian, why are you talking about what you're seeing? Just talk about it afterwards. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that make yeah, more you sense? Remember it. You can't talk during a comedy show. No. Period. You yeah. could say that was funny, maybe, or right. oh my god! But there was or, people not that's you, or not that's like me, directly behind, but like to the whatever it is, right or left behind me, who were like like predicting punchlines too. It's just like you're not impressing anyone. There's no point in doing this. You don't need to be doing this. No one. Um, your your ability to predict a callback, you're not getting points out of this. I went to Disney on Ice and sat in front of a mom who sang every Encanto song. <laughs> including uh, the Spanish language one, uh, which is just showing off, I think, uh, yeah. for for the Disney on Ice crowd. She wanted everyone to know she was the supreme Disney fan in attendance. So it, not quite the same, but no, maybe it is. more disturbing. That's the same person. It's the same person. They're they're trying to be the star of the show to even their section. And Dos Oraguitas. Oraguitas. That's uh, guitar. Is that guitar in Spanish? I don't know. I got one I should look that up. And that's like Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda songs beyond how far i'll go they don't do anything for me 
So I'm not. A, oh, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do. This. I'm not. I, I got. I got lamb, lambasted, lambasted, last week for saying I wasn't a big Lin Manuel guy. It's. it's Did you get lambasted? I got lambasted. <laughs> um, they suck. Yeah, most of them suck. Like Hamilton. I don't know. I've never seen. Like I started Doug, watching Doug, Hamilton on uh, Disney Plus. I was like, no, Doug, it's not Doug, for me. No, we can't do this. You want people to rate, subscribe, and like? It's not going to happen. Now. <laughs> The podcast is over. It's been an honor serving all of the Patriots fans in Pat's chat, but Doug and I have been canceled. Um, uh, we've been I'm Lin- proactively Lin-Bastard. canceling us. Yeah, isn't Lin Manuel just amazing? Can we edit this in? He's we've like been... a genius. He's like a modern day Mozart. Have we been Lin cancel Miranda? <laughs> now we have. We should probably though. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. Back. I'm gonna go eat and take care of my children. Uh, once again, right. embarrassed to be me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so rate, subscribe, and. Do all that fun stuff. This has been Pat's Chat, where we exclusively talk about the New England Patriots. And Harry Potter. <laughs> and Lin-Manuel Miranda. And Lin-Manuel Bye. Miranda. Bruce